Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And now, coming to you live from atop the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's Buckle Movie Club. Can you guys hear those birds? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's like That's we're okay. in the forest. That's okay. Yeah, it's the forest. Where this exactly. movie takes place most of the time. We, uh... <laughs> We here at Puckle Movie Club, we keep it nice and low-key. You can hear some nature sounds. Nice and atmospheric. Uh, I'm just going to, let's just kind of do a, a, a soft opening here. Uh, welcome to Puckle Movie Club. I'm your host, Ethan, here today with my co-hosts. Gator. And Viger. And we are here to talk about Pokemon, the fourth movie. Pokemon Forever, Celebi, Voice of the Forest. Celebi, A Timeless Encounter, so on and so forth. Official, the official English title is Pokemon Forever, colon, Celebi, dash, Voice of the Forest. Um, or colon, if you really want to get technical with it. But <laughs> uh, I would like to call it Pokemon Skyboats. Pokemon, that was... okay, that was the working title, I think. <laughs> because um, this movie had so many Skyboats. <laughs> like, I don't understand. You're 2001. You know, you know that time. In our lives. It, it says on uh, Bulbapedia it came out in the United States October 11th, 2002. Okay, so that kind of puts it into more of an awkward place. Because uh, if this was 2001, that would be right after Crystal, right? But yeah. since it's 2002, that puts it right before Ruby Sapphire? Yeah. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. So Ruby Sapphire came out when I was in 6th grade and 9-11 was in 2000. I was in 5th grade. Whoa. So he's just using. Pl- he's just I know. Using I know. I also <laughs> don't go crazy. Here. Everything is also in relation to pre and post nine eleven for me. And in terms of uh, Pokemon films, I was it still cognizant of them at this point. Like I knew this movie was coming out because I was at you know the height of Pokemania, at least for me. I, see, that's yeah. the thing. I did too, but I do not remember watching this movie. I, I know I had to. Have. I actually remember. <laughs> These, this is going to make me sound like I'm some crotchety old man waving his walking stick in the shame of everything that the new kids are doing. But I remember recording this with my VHS. Really? My VCR did on you... VHS. And then I'd like rewatch it all the time as a little kid. Because... Where did you record it from? Was it on like Toonami or something? Or it, My parents had bought it over DirecTV because we were very, very like 
mischievous when we'd buy movies off of DirecTV. We'd put a blank VCR tape in the I never thought to do VCR that. and then record it so that we could rewatch it. That's so good, like, te- hey, that's we good already, technique. We I already like paid for it, so let's just keep a personal copy to watch again and again. I think it's still up in the movie closet, literally with Pokemon forever that's, written on the that's side. Good tech. These kids these days with your Pokemon showing up on Cartoon Network and your... The EXP Pokemon share TV for app. everyone and the Pokemon TV app. It was a, it was a simpler time. Yeah, the Pokemon TV app's garbage, by the way. We should talk about that sometime. So, movie Pokemon Forever is directed by uh, Kunohiko Yuyama. You know the name. He's been a part of this franchise for a while now. Do you guys want to get right into the uh, narrative here? Before we hop into that, I'd like to bring up a point that was on my mind as I'm watching this entire movie. For sure, for sure. Okay, so the movie's about time travel. And I saw a shower thought the other day on Reddit where it's like, not only is time travel time travel, but it's also space travel because the Earth moves around the sun. You're so right. So if you show up at a place at the wrong time, you're just drifting happened? out in space. I, I guess I guess it would have to be time travel in relation to Earth, then. So I don't know. That was just something that was tripping me up. That's actually so a really good also point. Also, a space traveler. Well, let's also look at this in perspective as well. This is a cartoon movie. And here at the Puckle Movie Club, we'd like to talk about movies that exist outside the Pokemon franchise. So the movie Primer, which is an independent film that came out in 2004, renowned for its time travel stuff, like being scientifically pretty accurate. That movie doesn't deal with what happens when, you know, you're also going to be moving in space because the, the Earth moves around the sun and, you know, the Earth rotates and stuff. But I guess, I guess all time travel devices and all media ever are relative to the Earth. I guess. Unless you're talking like a TARDIS. Yes, in which case magic ha- – is that magic? Like what even is that well, at that TARDIS point? TARDIS is time and relative dimension in space for our non-Doctor Who fans. So yeah. TARDISes are known for their ability to travel as well, so, which is why they covered that in that show. Because mm-hmm. it's not only a spaceship, it's a time-traveling device. So what the Celebi has to do is transport itself and Samuel through time and space. I think the technique would be just opening a wormhole. I don't know. Maybe, I guess in this film, you can explain it away by being it's Pokemon, and this Pokemon yeah. is moving time and space. And- I was actually like doing a little research, and in some of the trivia that Bulbapedia says that the movie itself does cause what is known as a casual loop and a grandfather pair. Uh, it, it creates like a, uh, a paradoxical loop to a degree? Well, no, everything was resolved. We already knew the outcome for what was going to happen because of the fact that we still have Professor Oak. So a casual loop wraps everything well, we up. We still haven't even gone into the okay. Uh, let's let's break down uh, the narrative story of the. Yeah. I, I apologize. We got ahead of ourselves there. Go watch Primer. There are <laughs> the movie that we are endorsing this this month on Poker Movie Club is Primer by Shane Carruth. It's a masterpiece. So the film opens with Celebi and a boy named Sam being chased by a poacher or like a rare Pokemon hunter. He's got an eye patch, so you know he's a bad guy. He's he's, he's yeah. He's bad news. Sam and Celebi time travel forward in time. Correct. Uh, and we don't really know much information about their situation right now, like why they're running or anything, right? We have the guy chasing them on the motorcycle, because the first thing we see is the Houndoom and the Scyther just chasing the Celebi for no reason, mm-hmm. which I think was pretty cool, because I like to see Houndoom, because that was one of my OG favorites. And then uh, he had also met that uh, the girl in the forest, and this girl apparently is capable of knowing when time travel is occurring because when they time travel she's just like she sees the color changing over the floor she's like oh is that time travel lady that why is that your first thought 
I guess she's had a lot of experience. <laughs> but she, yeah. like, it only happens every 40 years or something is what they were saying. So, like, what experience does this, like, teenage girl have? That's a, that's here, a pretty lady. good point. I guess they didn't put much, that much thought into it. I don't let Pokemon get away with the excuse of, oh, it's just Pokemon. No. Oh, I can I, accept fire-breathing lizards. I I'm, can't accept a lady who knows when time travel is happening. Will you be Will you be the heel today? Can you be the heel and, like, just I'm tear apart always, this? I'm always the heel. All right, let's do it. I'm excited. This is fun. I'm right? excited, too. <laughs> okay, so Sam gets pulled forward in time. Cut to Ash and company are making their way on their Pokemon adventure, and they get picked up by a, a man named Maki. In a flying boat, and they get taken to a town called Arborville. I think there was a little scene before that, a little bit of a, uh, yeah, passing the villain torch over to who will be the main villain in the... That's right. Yeah, he goes and finds the guy who was originally chasing Celebi, hears he has news, and then he pulls out these things called Dark Balls. Yes. And the implications of this Pokemon catching device. First off, why in the first part, when this guy in the motorcycle... Why does he not have Pokeballs? He's throwing, like, these weird stick things that make a little cage around the Pokemon to catch it. Well, and isn't, then, don't we see later in the movie that Sam has a, he has a, uh, like he a has prototype a, Pokeball? Yeah, yeah he like has a, a more manual. Thing, but they had, they made Pokeballs from, like, the nuts on the trees. Remember, this is right after Gen 2. So we know that they're, what do they call them? Um, not acorns. Apricots. Apricots. So that technology is available. Hmm. Anyway, so dude shows up. Well, then again, up. that's that's game logic. This is anime logic, and it's also a movie true. which which deviates from the anime should, itself. So it's like a subdivision of a subdivision. We should so. petition to have all this worked out, and we can just figure out what the distinctions are between the yeah. different parts of the franchise. It, so, it really helps stuff out because this is clearly different from the game verse and the manga verse, and so, yeah, yeah, it's so different. Okay. So with this with this passing of the torch from one evil man to another. It, this is. It should also be established that this is a forty-year difference from this, from when the poacher originally tries when, to when catch Sam, When Sam disappears to the like, present, yes, to the present, yeah, it's a forty-year so, jump. So the poacher comes across, comes into contact with this man who goes by the name of the Iron Masked Marauder. Yes, which is who also kind of... turns out who also turns out to be a member of Team Rocket. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Keeping with that second gen, yeah, there's still Team Rocket around here. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say, Viger, because I, I hopped on the point of the Dark Balls. So yeah. when he shows up at that dude's house, he takes the Tyranitar this guy has, and somehow this po- magical Pokeball levels the Pokemon up to its maximum strength, and the guy, and I'm paraphrasing here, says it makes them evil. Yeah. Why? <laughs> that is what it does. That but, but, is literally why is that your what goal? it does. Evil doesn't think they're evil. Like that's one of the things that, about being evil. That's car that's cartoon like stereotyping right there. It's just like I'm evil and my, I self play uh, myself. But, as oh my being okay, evil. I understand tailoring something for a child audience, but yeah. if you have to spell something out so clearly to just be like, Hey, I stole this guy's Pokemon after roughing up his stuff and I have to tell you this turns them evil. Come on, guy. My prof- Come yeah. on. My uh, my on, philosophy professor uh, would have a field day with that concept of making a Pokemon evil. Uh www.rottentomatoes.com Pokemon forever. <laughs> oh man, this is this is the, this is the one that gets it's us hate mail just, for sure. Let's just pull that back and we'll this just kind of we'll just kind of keep it there for a minute. I've managed to keep these things civil for a while, but now we're just getting straight into it. We're going yeah, straight so for attack mode. So they get bad. They get so let's, bad. Let's continue with the story. Let's continue with the. Okay, Ash and Co. find themselves in Arborville. 
Wait, wait. Before you get to there, how do they get there, Ethan? In a skyboat. A skyboat, which is... which sky was, boat. He's got a boat with pontoons, and they hit a waterfall, and they're like, oh, man, how are we going to get up that? And he's like, watch. And it turns into a blip that floats them up to the sky. Because <laughs> it is an ant. What is going on? Final Fantasy okay, VII I, just came out. Like, skyboats were in fashion. I, I'd like to point out, I don't watch anime. Like, I'm not an anime fan. I don't watch, like, mm-hmm. Japanese movies. So for me, this experience is getting super putting, trippy. Putting things in the sky that shouldn't be in the sky is a huge trope in Japan. Like, Battleship Yamato is one of the most like famous franchises in anime, and that's all about putting boats in the sky. It's it's so nuts. So when Ash and them are trying to like hook up with this boat, we have another case of Ash. There's this conspiracy theory that Ash is like a superhuman. Because there's, like, an episode where he's holding a larvitar and, like, carrying it up a mountain, no problem. And the larvitar is something like 200 pounds. Well, Ash takes a flying leap off of this dock and soars 20 feet at least to catch up to this railing on this boat and just misses it to have this dude reach out and pluck a 10-year-old out of the air. Like, what kind of messed up strength equivalents do we have going here? Number one, why can Ash jump 20 feet? And number two, who is this dude that he's messing with that can snatch a 10-year-old out of the air? I uh, I think he's been on that same juice that Captain America is on. He, he Yeah, probably. Super soldier serum for sure. Looks like a normal guy, but he's got secret power. It's it's And he's got a skyboat, so your, your theory might very well be correct. So, in Arborville, they're going to go to a forest that is renowned for having the dopest Pokemon. The absolute <laughs> sick, nastiest, gnarliest pokes for sure. So it's like Viridian Forest in Kanto. Yes, He's like, just wait till you see what we kind of Pokemon we have up the river. An old lady named Toa. Uh, I, I have to look up these names. I'm not going to lie and say that I don't know that I know these names because I do not. She, You're right. She it's warns... Hoot Hoot Stack Lady. Yes. <laughs> That's a very apt name. Hoot Hoot Stack Lady warns them uh, about a local legend called the Voice of the Forest, which carries people to different time periods. Uh, if they don't. If you don't stand still, like, when this thing comes by, it'll snatch you up and take you away. How do they know what the effect... Oh. I guess that's not paradoxical. Maybe One I'm looking too deep. One thing did forget to mention was they did spot a Suicune at the very beginning of the movie. Yes. I yeah. for, it's going to yeah. come into play later. He, he is... Uh, I feel like that Suicune is just kind of superfluous in the overall narrative, and that's kind of why, why I overlooked it. But yeah, it definitely comes up later in the final conversation. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's Chekhov's gun, Ethan. I, ha- I have to beg to differ. You think so? Each Chekhov's gun. Uh, you you so you think like the entire hin- narrative actually hinges on that character? Yes. Okay. Well, I I want to see your point be made later. Ash and Co enter the forest, and Ash stumbles across Sam. From Sam's point of view, he just teleported in the forest, and Celebi's gone. A matter of moments. Yes. Uh, which is fun. It's it's actually fun for them to have a different narrative device. Uh, in Pokemon movies, which yeah, I I cool. I was kind of hoping this movie would set a precedent for that of just telling different kinds of stories inside of this universe. But alas, they didn't do that um, in the future. So uh, they go and try to find Celebi, and Celebi's up in a tree, right? Yes, and they have to use their superhuman 10-year-old boy strength to climb this tree, like straight up with just a vine. It's mm-hmm. it's amazing. It's a moss-covered tree, has no problem climbing up of it. And then when they get to the Celebi, Celebi's like, uh, I don't know who the hell you guys are, so now I'm gonna beat you with vines. Like right. Celebi just whips the whips the poor boys just mercilessly. 
now from a conspiratorial aspect, how are we supposed to be sure that this is the same Celebi? That's a good question. I've never. Did... This is a thing I've never thought about actually. Because if it doesn't recognize them, it's entirely possible that this is a different poke. Or they're all the same poke on different timelines. That's what I'm hoping. I, I, that's my theory. Because they had a hard time remembering that that was the dude who ran through the forest with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, they were just moments earlier in that timeline seeing each other. So, um, Fire, you get a little echo there. Yeah, uh unbeknownst to anybody else i switched over my from my laptop to my xbox one because the connection is better so i can stay with this i appreciate so. that i appreciate that that on the fly thinking you got going there all right guys yeah. you got to see behind the curtain a little bit yep uh, whatever yeah, true there is no oz <laughs> <laughs> um if you could turn that down a little tiny bit brighter on your end or just because because i am picking up that in the recording oh i think yeah, it's gone now better? yeah we're good for sure excellent thank okay. you got it <clears throat> so um, the Iron Mask Marauder shows up, who is the new poacher, uh, and, uh, Team Rocket also shows up. Yeah, this is after spending a loving night together. Oh, yeah, so, so there was a weird bromance between Sam and Ash that was kind of, uh, my favorite scene in the movie, because they get to watch all these, like, metapods evolve into Butterfreeze, but then it got weird, because they started putting their arms around each other. And know, there's, no, there's nothing weird about two ten-year-old boys being pressing themselves up to each other. Oh, this is this is a this is a family-friendly podcast. Oh, keep Ethan, it is there anything you want to tell us about summer camp, buddy? <laughs> okay, so I, I, we can't get into this as as much as I'd love to follow you down this narrative path. We got to keep it clean for the kids. Yeah. Uh, okay, so. Um, Team Rocket shows up and they join the Masked Marauder side because, you know, they're Team Rocket and they want to have a dope, a dope poke to show to Giovanni. Correct? Yep. Okay. So basically Pokemon happens there. Um, so And they fanboy over him so hard. Because he, like, he's a high-ranking member of Team Rocket, as we find out. Yeah, they're, they're doing everything they can to, like, help this dude. And then when he shows up with this, like, giant machine, they're just sitting there with, like, bug catcher nets. Yeah. Just... <laughs> scrubs they're can, straight scrubs you can tell that he's where he's where most of the budget goes too not them um so uh ash and co take celebi to uh its home which is in a magical lake right mm-hmm. and he they they uh heal celebi in that lake and spend the night there then the marauder returns to capture celebi and he is this time using dark bull uh dark bulls uh they're gonna use he's gonna use dark balls to capture him and corrupt him yeah he throws out his uh tyranitar that he stole from dude his evil tyranitar he throws out the what is it, a sneasel and a caesar yes um which is a pretty i'm gonna be re- gonna be real pretty rad group of pokes for a bad guy to have yeah i i like, think that's a pretty decent assembly there he's kind of almost building ou the team a little bit just yeah <laughs> he's ahead of the curve he predicted he predicted 10 years later um so, Marauder comes back, and Ash and Co. try to stop the Marauder, obviously. Uh, and he jumps onto the Marauder's uh, machine, and then gets thrown off. And is, this is where your... Or the machine crashes, and they get thrown out. And this is where the, your grievance comes in, right? Yes. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And that is... That, that, God, it's such a... 
you know, you, you, you see this thing and it just becomes a mess in your head. So this is where... You guys gotta help me out here. I, I got I got lost. It's well he that that happens. He finally ends up capturing the Celebi. And then he has Celebi like showing off its powers. And then it creates this weird like forest brush monster. Oh god, I yeah. Forgot, I forgot it's pretty much this giant walking moss branch Celebi net like, thing. This woven nest that makes this giant thing. And the guy's just like, I'm going to demonstrate uh, the power of the Celebi and destroy because, the forest. Because I'm evil. I do not <laughs> like good guys. That's, that's and exactly. then, like, at this point, Jesse gets snatched up in it. So she has been incorporated into this giant walking beast. Um, um, so, but it's it's worth noting that he's he, that Celebi is using parts of the forest to build this monster thing. Yeah. Um, and it's actually pretty rad. Yeah, I will say it's a pretty interesting display, but for all of those eco people or whatever, Celebi's also polluting the forest as well. And I, oh, it's no. gotta be it's gotta be spreading corruption somehow. Um, yeah, it's I mean it's, they, and I then, dark ball. And then you see all the they did a pretty good job of showing like the uh, miscellaneous Pokemon that are in the forest in this movie. So like they show up for like parts and pieces of it. Um, when they're fighting the dude originally, before he right before he catches the Celebi, Brock sends out a uh, um, his uh, onyx. Which, yeah, his yes, onyx. Yeah, There's yeah. an onyx fight you get to um, see with Tyranitar. Onyx fails, right? And then Suicune steps in. Yeah, so the, he's like on this rampage. They can't stop him, and then all of a sudden, oh my god, it's the North Wind! It's Suicune! Which is because the, dude, the dude's <laughs> about to kill Sam and Ash. Like they're sitting right there, and he's about to to wreck them. And Suicune just comes, swoops them up, and then it proceeds to like run around and avoid getting shot at, and attacking the 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 giant. Uh, I don't know. Creature from Moss the Celebi Forest Monst Monster uh, spaceship. Now, it's anyway, worth, it's worth noting at this point, Ash and Sam have used the flying thing to fly up onto the monster. Yes, and then they're yeah. they're they're trying to they're, break Celebi free. They're, yeah, they're trying to find and fly after it. Um, the boat gets one of the pontoons that also doubles as the blimp part gets busted. They get sent to this lake, so it's all taking place pretty close to like the Celebi Lake. Um, and that's when Suicune shows up, because it shows up running across the water, because Suicune is supposed to be the embodiment of the North Wind, and um, they say earlier, and this is where I'm saying this is Chekhov's Suicune, because they're like, he also has the power to purify all kinds of water with taint. I guess you're like, right. <laughs> Suicune's so, a literal four-legged Dex Machina, pretty day, much. Yes, he, he is a, a, a basically a plot device. So they show, and there's another side point to that too, which we'll get to when they, we get to wrap up. Um, so he comes up, he starts like helping Shrek, the uh, giant swamp monster, forest monster dude. Um, eventually though, Celebi's like, nah, dude, and shoots up these vine things, which grab the Suicune. Mm -hmm. And then somehow has like a psychic energy jolting attack. I, no, I, I'm, gonna, I'm as much at a, as a, at a loss as you are. We'll just chalk it up to legendary Pokemon type. Like yeah. dark, it's like dark energy zapping is basically what's occurring. And so Sam and Ash are like, all right, we're, we're done. We're going to hop off the Suicune, start trying to climb in the body, and get up and talk to the Celebi. Okay, so, so 
they're they're trying to convince the Celebi to break free or like talk it through breaking free, right? Basically, they're okay. like Celebi, this is not how you live. This is we're friends. We, friends. we did all that bonding before. You you kidnapped me, sent me to forty years in the future, but I'm all cool with it. Just done. Just stop being so evil. Hey, it's Thatch, and I wanted to let you know how you can improve your Puckle experience. First, you can come to PucklePodcast.com, where we have a chat box and forums where you can talk to many other Pokemon fans who also listen to the show. You can keep up to date on the latest Puckle news by following us on our Twitter, liking our Facebook page, subscribing to our subreddit, and following our Tumblr. Don't forget to review us on iTunes, though. It helps us find more people to come and hang out with us, and we can have larger tournaments because of it. And, if you're feeling generous, we also have a Patreon, where you can donate in return for some awesome rewards. And as always, thanks for listening, and for all the support you give us. Catch you guys on the flip-flop. Hey, this is Ethan Strong from PucklePodcast.com with a commercial break for you here. You're currently listening to Puckle Movie Club, but there's other podcasts over at the primary website. If you want to send us an email, you can shoot it over at PucklePodcast at gmail.com. We'll answer any questions you ask us, whether it's about movies or just whatever you're up to. So yeah, PucklePodcast.com, PucklePodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Okay, so here's my thought process here. You've got this Pokemon that gets caught in a dark ball. Celebi was in that dark ball for like two seconds. And you're going to tell me that like the hundreds of years and like dimensions this Pokemon has existed through two seconds in this dark ball has like transmorphed it into an evil creature that this guy has control over. Where has this technology been? Like <laughs> it's even better than a master ball because it can capture Pokemon that are owned by other people and break them to your will. And break them yeah. to your will. And if your will is evil, it's like, yeah, cool, be evil. Even if it's a fundamentally good Pokemon whose main driving force is to maintain the forest. Yeah, it starts like, destroying it. it like, at, bam, instantly. Instantly turns on the thing that it's been defending for since time immemorial. And, and yeah, here's, still, there's uh, like huge plot holes that are brought up when you consider the Dark Ball in possession of a Team Rocket member. And it's not like he just has one of these. No, he's got, yeah, like, he's got a full vest full. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, so. but they should they should mass produce these things and just give them to low ranking because low ranking Team Rocket members are totally ineffectual. So but, if you put these in their hands, they'd be unstoppable. Team Rocket, yeah. first ep episode one, where they see Pikachu with a dark ball, done. Yep. He's done. Boom. They, like, there's no no more narrative there. Ash goes back with his tail between his legs and he's like, hey, remember that Pokemon that hates me? Yeah, I'm gonna need another one because some adults. Or he just it. still stays in that coma, but that's for another. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> that's that's for that's for Puckle Movie Club after hours, the right. the dark fan speculation portion of the podcast. Um, but yeah, so let's let's get back to the uh, the, the narrative here. Okay, so um, they so break the captured. Yes, uh, but Celebi is broken out. Well, they 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 climb through this thing, this giant swamp forest creature monster, um, and like it's Sam and Ash, and at some point it's kind of just starts revolving around Ash, like in his relationship to the Celebi, because mm -hmm. it's Ash talking to him and he's doing that annoying, stupid voice. He's Celebi. Yeah, it's just that is the one. Name. Yeah, he's just like ugh, and then they start crying. And it's like... Well, doesn't... Don't, doesn't Celebi... Does Celebi die after this conflict? 
Well, because they, they do no. break through to Celebi. Like, they get Celebi to remember. Mm-hmm. And then Celebi just, like, breaks down the monster. Yeah. They, and they then have, he yeah. there's dies. Like, there's, like, this aura they around pretty much Celebi. S- they penetrate the aura, and the monster... Like the both. dark ball that was containing it dis- is destroyed, which allows Selby to finally just regain itself, regain its composure, and then it no longer holds its psychic connection to the giant forest mech. Now, and then it just disintegrates, pretty much. Now, does Celebi die because it like creating a monster that large was too much for it? Or does it die because it had to break out of the dark ball? Because then, again, this would just be another checkpoint for the dark ball, because, like... You can't. It makes the dark ball even more powerful. Uh, powerful because trainers won't want to get their Pokemon back because if they do, they'll die. But is it not? What what causes Celebi to die? I think it was a combination of things: the dark ball's corruption, Celebi's overuse of power to maintain the wooden. Yeah, because this guy robot is basically... thing, and then just the destruction that it causes to the forest because its connection to the forest. That makes sense. Yeah. I guess it's just it's just a a conglomerate of different things that just finally adds up to literally Celebi withering away in Ash's arms. Now, uh, I'd like to point out that Iron Face's whole goal in this Iron was to face. become even better than Giovanni. Like he he wanted he to overtake. Won- he wanted to take over Team Rocket. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. He kept Jesse as a witness to his ascending to godlike status. And so he drove this Pokemon to this brink. Then he kills it. And then, like, he disappears for a second. So Easel- he gets flung off. Let's just... And, easily one of the most irredeemable, yeah. like, irredeemable characters in the entire franchise. The Marauder yeah. is an, an absolute monster. He's a, he's a he's crazy person. He's beyond saving. He's, he is a, he's just savage. Um... Which is like in its own way kind of entertaining because if you're going like the in in 2000 you have the collector right, um, but what his motivation is so hollow and like, but at least this guy is evil and he loves it, um, but you know not a great motivation. Um, so at this point the Celebes show up right. No, uh, what happens is and this is what I was talking about with the um, the idea of Suicune. So he's withering away and they throw him into this lake because the lake is the lake is rejuvenated before but the lake is tainted. Like it's right. it's gross, it's nasty. He's floating it's corrupted, there pretty much. Yeah, it's completely corrupted. So Ash just like starts trying to shove berries in his mouth. Just uh, just like anything. the berries that they bonded with. Yeah, just like just, sh- just shoving them in its mouth. Just it, it was it was gross. Like, the situation just... is getting really dire though. Like it's just things keep going wrong and nothing is going to stop Selby from dying. It's, no, yeah. it's not. And it should like, also so... be it should also be made known that yeah, this is the first time in a Pokemon movie that a Pokemon is literally dying in somebody's arms. Like yeah, physically it's... dying. It yeah. is like getting old and wrinkly and it's shriveling up and turning gray even even in the first pokemon movie ash is turned to stone instantly so there's less dread there but there's like there's a a building sense of dread here because it's like wow this isn't working this isn't working uh the lake so suicune well uh, hold on everybody starts to cry and that's what kills me why is crying a central theme in all of these pokemon movies why is there like always this big scene where people just break down and cry like because they gotta it's get easy. Right in the feels. It's because it's <laughs> yeah, easy, I, Gator. It's so easy. Well, then that's when you're talking about we get our 
Chekhov's gun of Suicune, the pure north wind that appears. And hey, guys, remember when we conveniently told you that he can purify water? What? What, what a horribly... I, who could have foreseen such a conclusion? It must like, be such a massive coincidence that Suicune would appear at such a time. And this forest has so many creatures that are specifically designed for one thing. Or like their legacy is built around that one thing. I don't know. What Suicune's well, or or just and he doesn't, or, it doesn't even work. Like he purifies the water, and the Celebi's still sitting there dead. So yeah, I kind of <laughs> like that though, because it's better than that just healing it. Because the the next image is cool. I think the the yes. the Cel so all the Celebes from like different times time and places come and start like surrounding them, right? Or like mm -hmm. they they come and start lending power to sell there's to bring a back celebi vortex in the middle of the lake and that is the that is the voice of the forest right it's not just the individual one it's all of them together but i think yeah. that's the same celebi or is it not i don't know it's cool well that's also been like the biggest issue that i've had with between the anime and the movies themselves is is that really the only legendary pokemon or are there multiple like it, are there multiple iterations of well, it? Well, there's like, at are least there, two Mewtwo's. Yeah, it's like, are there... But are there two Mewtwo's, or was that just a change in voice actor? Or is well, that really the same Suicune that we saw in this movie, or in the next movie? Or it's just like... I, the continuity is very... Well, I don't really, I don't really the, get it. The anime just throws legendaries around like they're candy. Like, they're just like, oh, we've... The, in the Elite Four, or not the Elite Four, but, like, in the championship, like, somebody will just have a Regice or whatever, you know? Like, yeah. They just throw them around like it's nothing. Um, yeah. And, but... Don't even get me started with Tobias and his Darkrai and Latios. But I do <laughs> like the image of all the Celebi coming to uh, revive Celebi. I want to yeah. ch chalk that up as just, like, both the past and future Celebis coming together. Be like, oh, one of our... One of my, I guess... Well, somebody, somebody was saying they're spirits. They're Celebi spirits. They're not actual Celebi. But that doesn't really make sense. Or but, does it? I don't know. I don't know. There's ghost type Pokemon. Maybe Celebi. Maybe every Pokemon that dies because takes the ghost. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. Uh, we'll chalk it up to legendary psychic typing for Celebi as to why this is happening. Okay. Well, either way, it doesn't freaking last long because no. you know Mr. Metalface comes back, and he's like. I'm going to get this Celebi, and look at this. I got a jetpack that nobody knew about. So, so the Marauder goes, <laughs> yeah. goes to fly away in his jetpack, and and uh, Pikachu shoots it down with a Thunderbolt, right? No, Ash and Pikachu hop on the dude's back, fly I know, up I know, into the sky. What I'm saying is, oh, but sorry. He, they, he's, they're holding onto him, and then at, Pikachu goes full-blown suicide mode and hits it with like electricity, right? Yeah, he explodes the jetpack, and now Ash and Pikachu are plummeting towards the Earth. They start tumbling to the ground, and then Celebi rescues them in the last minute. Exactly. But why would you do that? Ash commanded Pikachu. He didn't, like, the guy was like, no, don't do that. Like, they could have, like, certainly coerced this guy to fly back down. Um, that, that was entirely possible. So, the Marauder <laughs> lands elsewhere and is surrounded by all the Pokemon of the forest... Uh, yeah. Toa and Diane, who's a character I forgot to mention earlier, who is Toa's daughter. Um, it's, the, it is Diane. Toa's right? granddaughter. Yeah, or granddaughter, right, yes. Um, Diane, uh. Um, but yeah, and, and that's kind of neat, but like it doesn't... It's not like a super satisfying resolution for that character. Well, 
I do have to point out that Celebi has had this power throughout the movie of making people fly. And he, that's that's, just he saves type. Action Pikachu. So as they're plumbing towards the Earth, and they're obviously... It, which, if the other dude, if, like, Metal Face survived, why wouldn't have Ash and Pikachu survive? Which is another story entirely. He but he saves them, and they fly, like, to the ground, and... Everything's hunky-dory. Rocket gets blown from the sky all the time. Um, it, it, but if... Team Rocket have already been established as being comic relief, and anything could happen to them. But I guess they're supposed to be stakes when it's our protagonist, but there are no stakes in this universe. I don't know. Um, so... Ash and Sam share an emotional goodbye. Yep, they tell Suicune, like, yo, deuces. Thanks and for then, coming when we thought yeah. we needed you. And then uh, well, Suicune's just like, the movie. he goes, he's, he's like, coon. And then he just, <laughs> he just now, jumps away. <laughs> it, I, quick thought. Wasn't most of the Suicune imagery in this movie kind of stolen from Princess Mononoke? I was getting that vibe, so like the, the, a the, lot. The idea of purifying, so it walks over things and purifies them, right? Like, isn't it's like its feet is where the purification it, happens? It hops. It does weird little bunny hops that make circles appear of light in the lake. But but that's but that's like really really aping hard off of the the uh, the woods or the, what's the spirit the deer spirit from Mononoke uh, that like yeah. walks around and, and gives, gives life. But I don't know. Um, so. Uh, Sam is returned to his own time by Celebi, and um, they go. Ash and Co. head back to Pallet Town and talk to Oak. Right? Yeah. No, they don't go back to Pallet Town. They go back to like. They just go to some random PC at a random Pokemon Center nearby. That's right. Okay, I I just be like, like, hey, Professor Oak, we saw some serious crap here, and we want to tell you all about it because yeah. After Sam leaves, they're like all sad and emotional. Sam's like, don't worry, we'll see each other again. I'm sure. Like blah blah blah. I'm gonna go talk to Oak for no reason. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go without compl- the logic. The logic behind it was they were going to Oak to say, hey, we saw Suicune and Celebi, and it was awesome. Yeah, he like made then, this giant like forest monster, and he was trampling through the city. I jumped twenty feet off a pier. I don't know how I did that, but that was cool. <laughs> um, and then Professor Oak's like, "Don't worry, true friendships can withstand the test of time." And, I'm and then sure he drops and then Sam again. Yeah, and I was just about to say, he's like, then he just drops him by name. Um, so Misty like realizes that later. Hey, like, wait a second. Is is it Professor Oak's name Samuel? But and then they get distracted. Yeah, but then it cuts to Oak sitting in his lab holding that sketchbook. Uh, which, in the, ske- in the sketchbook, there's a drawing of Celebi and Pikachu chilling out, blasting, relaxing. Which Mapping, technically. <laughs> Professor Oak is the younger dude. Which that, that, Sam, that Sam and Professor Oak are one and the same. But which it's... brings me back to my earlier Suicune point, because I said I was going to save it for the, the prot resolution. So Suicune shows up. Oak says there's not much information available on him, and he's looking at, like, a sketch of the only known sketch of this Pokemon. So Oak knew as soon as they saw the Suicune that all of the story was about to unfold. So that sly old man was just like, <laughs> is sitting in his lab while they're about to take on the adventure well, where he well, knows he it's going to happen. He can't interfere because then time, time paradoxes might happen. He's, he's, yeah. he's got to let it happen, man. Because what happens if Ash is not there? You know, like what if he's, or what if he distracts them from that timeline? He's got to keep hands off. Now, That's true. let's talk briefly um, about the character implications of 
like Professor Oak knowing Ash. What? Well, what? yeah, that throws a lot of questions. Into I can you. actually sum this all up <laughs> with one little trivia point that Bulbapedia says just about this whole paradoxical thing that happens. So this is quoting Serbi's trivia section right now. This movie causes a casual loop and a grandfather paradox. I'll let you guys Google that to figure out what that actually means because that's a lot of quantum mechanics that I don't understand. Since Sammy went 40 years ahead in time with no certainty of getting back, an alternate timeline exists in which he never returned to his time to become Professor Oak as we know him. Even though he does succeed in going back, this makes, this makes Ash and Pikachu's pairing either a coincidence or intentional manipulation on Oak's part. In either case, there is a paradox in which Oak could not have conceived of giving Pikachu to Ash without having met them as a boy. And Ash could have never owned Pikachu if this didn't happen, unless it was a coincidence. In other words, Ash received Pikachu because Oak met him as a boy, went back to his time, and then 40 years later gave Ash a Pikachu with which to meet his younger self. It should also be mentioned that by comparing Sammy's sketchbook to the Pokedex, which didn't exist 40 years into the past, Ash couldn't, could have actually given Professor Oak the idea for its concept, which one day possibly led to its creation. If this is the case, it would mean that the idea for the Pokedex came out of nowhere, resulting in yet another time paradox. Now, this is <laughs> this is all pretty complicated stuff, but if you need a brief rundown of how all this works, it doesn't. None of it works. And it, this is basically the same problem that the Terminator franchise has. Yeah. Um, like, Terminator is notorious for this. I personally don't care about that, as long as the story's good. Um... But I think what the, what this kind of opens up at that point is not only alternate like it, it opens up alternate timelines. So people would have to be coming from different realities with like different where the Pokedex exists and it was created by someone else for that idea to be dropped in so that Oak could create it in this timeline. So yeah, that kind of removes the I don't know. It's confusing. Well, it's. Oak Oak does say he wonders if he should tell him before he hung up. Like, so uh, there is some sort of recursion loop going on here. This is, but it's it, it's it, again, I, I, it's very similar to Terminator stuff. It's not something I'll be able to figure out because I don't want to put that much time into thinking about this film. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's no. a lot of there's a lot of like like we've established before there are a lot of plot holes that exist and there's a lot of different like confusions and everything that are occurring let's call well. them con- let's call them conveniences yeah because um, the movie demands it but yeah so basically none of that is going to impact the rest of the anime so no doesn't, not, doesn't just matter like most of the, just like nearly all the movies uh, totally totally thrown out the window um, so what do you, what do you guys feel about this movie? I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll go first here. I think it's not one of the better movies in the franchise, but I do appreciate that they went for a different narrative structure and introduced, yeah. th- this is far more interesting than just another, they're, they're going to go fight another villain that they crafted out of nowhere. Putting Samuel, or not Samuel, but putting Sam into the movie is an interesting addition. I don't know. It's something, it's something new after three movies that are pretty similar. What do you guys think? It was an, I, I would say it was a nice change of pace with this whole, 
with all of it happening. And I, I want to say that they probably, with coinciding with Crystal, that's why they picked Suicune to be in the movie among any other of the Beast Pokemon, or just have Suicune in there because the movie demands it. But it was watching this as when I was like, I think I'm doing the math when I was in third grade, I, I enjoyed it. But then again, I was stupid back then. But um, should I drop the reviews or whatever that have come out or the oh, ratings? Sure. I, yeah, you can you can cite those. But okay, here, let's let's put it this way: don't let other people's enjoyment of a movie or like lack of enjoyment affect how you yeah. feel about it. It's it is not everybody is not everybody's going to have the same opinion or the same level of enjoyment of a product as you. Nope, that goes with, that goes it was with... a terrible, terrible movie. That... Oh no! Okay, let's go. <laughs> hit, hit, hit me Somebody's with the playing devil's okay. advocate. Okay, here's the thing: there are objectively bad movies. You're 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 right, but people could still like them. Yeah. Yes, you can like bad movies if you want. There's nothing stopping you from liking bad movies, except you know the admonishment of your peers. Um, <laughs> And to tell people that they get a free pass on liking bad movies, sure you do. You can do whatever you want. This is America or, you know, whatever non-free country you live in. Um, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's going off on a tangent. (laughs) All I'm saying is I know how we rank. But, like, come on. This movie doesn't make sense in a bunch of different places. They eat peaches and not peach berries. Okay? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, boy. Maybe Maybe they're different things, though. The dark ball, okay? So what happens with uh, – you see at the end of the movie, like, Team Rocket's, like, floating uh, – Jesse's floating on this – in the water. She's cool. Then you have, like, James and Meowth come rescue her. And then evil Tyranitar shows up and, like, wrecks them. So Well, here's the thing about that. The, the lake purified ball. him, so he's not evil anymore. He's just a Tyranitar. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Tyranitar one, se- one second, guys. Uh – their opinions of Gator do not reflect the opinions of the Puckle Movie Club as a whole. And <laughs> no, but I understand what you're getting at in, in terms of, like, you can only apologize for these movies so much. Yeah. It's, that's, you don't have to apologize for it. Like, if you like crap movies, you like crap movies. But don't walk into this movie thinking that you're going to... It's not have, Citizen Kane. It's not Citizen Kane. It's not even Transformers. Like... Well, I don't know. I saw the last one. It was. I would much rather watch this because the last Transformers movie was three hours long. I don't have time for that. This was. was If I could, if I could interject just slightly, and this is just from what I just suddenly pulled up on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, personal opinion, and I'm going off on off a little bit. How would you rate the first Pokemon movie? The first one. Yeah. In in what context? In movies and like just as as in in because there is. There's two different things. There is relative to the franchise, and then there is as its own separate standalone film. Yeah. Um, and in terms of in the franchise, I'd say it's one of the stronger ones. Like, if it were going out of four stars, I'd say it's, like, three. And if okay. we're talking about as a movie that I would personally enjoy, cover your ears if you're a fan, um, I think it's, like, a three. Okay. Out of a hundred. Out of um. out of ten. <laughs> But okay, so for me, it's relative to the franchise. I think it's the strongest movie. They knew coming out of the box that what they had to do was set a precedent. So mm-hmm. I think of all the Pokemon movies I've watched, which is way more than I, what, what is there like a dozen of them or so? Um, yeah, there's two dozen. Yeah, two yeah. dozen. 
Okay. Well, I've seen probably about a dozen. And even they all just they're so bad. Um, but take it with a grain of salt for me. I'm the one who started watching the XY anime and was like, eh, this is still bad. Um, if you are a fan of this franchise and the movies in it, you will probably find enjoyment in it. It's one of the better ones. Yeah. So it gets worse from here. Of this. Yeah, I'm just going off of this because I was just like, uh, Pokemon Forever got a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes, which means it's. Uh, Let's call uh, it a niche product. Not, but here's the thing though that I've noticed. I just like type in Pokemon on Rotten Tomatoes. The most successful right now is the third Pokemon movie with Entei and Unknown, and that sits at a 22 percent. Again, niche movies. It, it's 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 not for everyone. So and yeah, if reviews in- don't really reflect how good a Pokemon movie is. We'll so, just chalk it up to that. Yeah, but if, I mean, if you're a masochist, this is the perfect movie for you. Like, yeah, short short of short of having someone like drill, you know, screws into your fingers, it's probably like the next best alternative. I don't know. I, I'm gonna, I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna reveal the curtain a little bit. So, um, we had a little issue with like scheduling recording on this episode, and when I found out that Ethan wasn't um, able to make a, a certain time, I was literally angry at him because I had to watch this movie and didn't think I was gonna get to talk about I, it. Dude, <laughs> I was gonna move heaven and earth to make sure that you got to talk about this because I knew for a fact that you did not enjoy this thing. It's, no, it was so bad. It was so bad that I, wish... I was angry that I didn't get to talk about how bad it was. No, no, no. I I was not gonna let that happen. I was well, I was let... willing to wake up at seven in the morning if need be. No, Ethan is clutch. He does a great job as. You know, just as kind of like a meta thing, being on this for the first time, I don't usually do anything except for the main show. This has been really mm-hmm. fun, and I like yeah. doing this. Thank you. Thank you, ver- thank you very much. I, it's been really nice having you guys on. You were great co-hosts. Yeah. You guys let let me do a little bit of a counterpoint to, like, Gator not liking this because he was forced to watch it, like, less than, I'd say, like, four hours ago. Maybe? No, I watched it yesterday. Yesterday. Okay, yesterday as of this recording. Uh, and I'm just going to kind of get a little personal here. Ethan, how old are you? I am 21. Gator, how old are you? I am 25. I'm 23. I love that movie as a third grader. Yes, yes. <laughs> as an adult now, we can't help but look at the inaccuracies. We can't help and look at how contrived Suicune's appearance is. We can't help and look at how absurd the giant moss mech is in application. And we just, we're nitpicky as adults when it comes to this stuff. But when you're a child or a diehard fan of this stuff, you don't care. I think it's, it's Pokemon what's, on the big screen. What's nice about having so many voices that I can bring on is that I get so many different perspectives. And I seem to have found two of the more uh, realist, you know. Um, That's true. Fluffiest loves things. I'm yes. a hater. And, and <laughs> Gator is a hater, as we all know. Uh, but yeah, I thank you, thank you guys for coming on and sharing your opinions and watching the movie. I really appreciate it. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it, it's not one of the it, you, listener. I know we've got we kind of devolved into a just a, a conversation between buddies here, but let's go yeah. back to the listener for a bit. You listener, if you like Pokemon, watch the movie. You'll enjoy it. Um, I've been Ethan. I've been Gator, and I'll stay Gator, and I'll be Gator till I die. And I'm glass half full Viger. <laughs> and uh, from the Lavender Town Radio Tower, I think I forgot to do the introduction in the beginning. Uh, this has been Puck a Movie Club. Have a night.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.